Hey, I'm Corey. This is the official tapes. It's a Grateful Dead radio program that airs on about 80 radio stations around the globe. It showcases the official releases from the Grateful Dead. You can always check us out online at officialtapes.com. And every so often we catch up with a cat who is moving and shaking in the world of the Grateful Dead. That's Ray Robertson, who wrote the liner notes to Dave's Picks 45 and the Here Comes Sunshine box set. Also recommend his novel, Estates Large and Small. Ray Robertson now writing liner notes for Grateful Dead releases. Anybody who wants can just steal this music. They don't have to buy it. We all know that, right? Unless you go vinyl. And I don't listen to Dead on vinyl. I mean, I don't I don't get it. I don't listen. I don't understand, like, flipping over the record to hear the end of Dark Star. I just don't get it. So... So you got to give people something more than just the music, right? I love to sit in my Naraghad chair with my box set, headphones on, pull the booklet out, you know, have a little wine, listen to it. It's part of the whole experience. You just can't throw the music out there anymore because people don't, they don't need it. They can get it for free. It's terrible, but it's true. The Here Comes Sunshine 1973 box set features five complete previously unreleased performances, starting with Des Moines, Iowa, a show recorded on May 13th. 1973. Well, the first thing I think about is there's about four minutes of video going around that's silent. And it just, it's kind of like, you know, you're writing about it. here. I'm thinking, oh, I got to write these words. And I had about, you know, 1,500 words for each show. And I looked and I thought, wow, those people were there. So it's kind of cool. And it looks so different from a day. It looks, there are people are picnicking. It's just so, it's outside. It's so beautiful. Um, and of course, at the end, when, when they were playing and the rainbow appears, you know, that ending is so great. I mean, I tend to sort of like second sets more or third sets in this case, but that show, especially the ending, people who were there say, you know, the band were looking at the, the rainbow as much as we were, and they just kept playing because they didn't want to stop. And again, that's art. That's not entertainment. Art is always entertaining, but it's not entertainment first. And they kept playing because, hey, we're having a great time. I mean, to me, that fills my heart with joy, you know. Santa Barbara, California, May 20th, 1973. Another one that was outside. I mean, that's, that to me, my first impression would be, well, why do I want, like, outside, it's not going to get weird. It's not going to get, oh, my God. Yeah. And, like, again, the second set throughout the show, too. There's so much energy with all these shows. I mean, in a way, you're absolutely right in the sense they're all unique, but they're also indistinguishable in the sense that there's really nothing that doesn't. I had to work really hard to find things that were not quite happening yet. Like, oh, okay, it's money, money, and not U.S. blues. And, okay, like, kind of deal, right? And another show outside. And yet, what reminds me of that show? Garcia, who, as you notice, if you listen to the show through the years, he conspicuously talks less and less. To almost he's silent by about. Because he's talking to 18,000 people. And that's not a beatnik virtue. Hey, everybody, how's it going out there? Ready to rock kind of deal. And so when Garcia speaks there. Thanks a lot, folks. We had a pretty nice time here today. I'd like to thank you all for coming. No, just a human being talking to other human beings saying and he probably you know the faces are fairly familiar you're kind of near home you know it's got a different vibe to it and it, it feels without being cozy it just sounds very communal jerry garcia's stage banter continues on for the following show san francisco california may 26 1973 one of one of the places where he says um he said, it's really, really nice to be out here. You know, it's really nice to be out here today. Thanks a lot. It's real nice to be out here. Ray Robertson, he is the author of the liner notes for the Here Comes Sunshine 1973 box set. Uh, later in the year, 
He's going to release a book titled All the Years Combined, The Grateful Dead and 50 Shows. Release date set for November 7th of 2023. Ray Robertson continuing to break down the shows on the Here Comes Sunshine box set, including San Francisco, May 26th of 73. He's at home. These aren't machines. These are human beings. Like, you're going to sleep on your own bed that night. You look out, you see people, you see kids, people's babies, the friends that you know. I mean, it's a different vibe. I mean... You've seen the Vanita show, though. And that Dark Star is one of my favorite Dark Stars. In the video, like a four-year-old and a five-year-old wander on stage. This is not rock and roll anymore. This is religion, man. It's like we're all this soup together. A couple kids wander out. You know, that's not going to happen when you go, you know, you go to the, the Metro Dome and, and, you know, and pay $189 to stand. You know, it's just I have no interest in any of that. And to me, maybe it's being nostalgic. I don't know. But I think that was a very particular period of time. You know, economically, the world was different. I mean, it's just a different world, you know. And so when Garcia speaks there, especially because I've been listening to these shows for a year and a half, putting this book together, where he is silent. And then you'd hear him periodically. And especially earlier when they're playing, he's like, you know, not gratuitous, but making like witty jokes or like making a, a sarcastic aside or something, right? Uh, there's, there's a great show. I think it's a bonus it's one of the bonus picks on the either Working Man's Dead or American Beauty, the picks that Dave put together, the uh, the show, the concert from the Capitol Theater. And the beginning of the second set, because it's the Capitol Theater is this old, nearly 100-year-old place, and they're playing. The set starts off with, I think, Weir and Lesh trying to figure out the painting on the wall. Who did the painting? Hey, is that the picture we were going to see in a few seconds? Yeah, that ain't a Rembrandt, that's a Dali. So you invite the audience. Who, who, who did that pic? I mean, can you imagine the show? These two guys are like, is that a Dali? No, I think that's an air. Okay, well, let's, someone go over there and look. I mean. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a Dali. I was led to believe it was no, a Rembrandt. No, no, that's uh... Again, you know, it's just so delightfully amateurish. And I think you have, you have to have that amateurism to be a real artist. You can't be a professional. You got to act professional, but you can't. This isn't a job, man. We're lucky, and it's it's supposed to be full of joy. I mean, that's why we're here, right? What's that the name of that it. one? That, what's the name of that one? Man with his head exploding. Yeah. And that saddens me as time goes on, where there is less of that. Bruce Hornsby talked about that in all the biographies and all the wonderful biographies, Dan McNall's biography, and is that uh, he couldn't believe the uncriticalness that they would play a crappy show and the fans be going crazy. And everybody be kind of brooding and he'd be like this we're living in like alice in wonderland here like what is this like we played aloud this is boring and everyone's going crazy oh this isn't about the music this is about the party this is about being part of something and again i get it you know it's the lean mean 80s and the 90s you won't be a part of something i get it but musically 73 you know those shows to me are holy that that box set to me is you know if i wanted to turn someone on the dead that box set that's an excellent picture if you see it in really full stunning color a good reproduction here. The real thing. Ray Robertson writes in the Here Comes Sunshine 1973 liners, there's the simple fact that the band members were old enough and experienced enough by now to be virtuosos on their instruments. What other group, rock or jazz, or any other kind of music could boast a trio of spectacularly singular talent such as Garcia, Lesh, and Weir, but were still young enough to want to play and play and play some more? The happy, itchy inclination of youth. As a few of the shows in the Here Comes Sunshine box set attest, it wasn't unusual for a 1973 concert to exceed four hours. And within the shows themselves, there are nearly nightly examples of hour-long orgies of tune-linked songcraft 
and juicy jamming. We're going to unload a new one on you. Another new one, yet another. Continuing on with the shows in the Here Comes Sunshine box set, we have two shows at Washington, D.C., RFK Stadium, starting with 6973. That one has some incredible second set stuff. And, and I don't know if, I've heard this from a couple of people who have heard the box set. Keith is especially prompt, not prominent like he's overplaying, but he's, sometimes his keyboards get buried in the mix. Like Dix picks one. That was the first Dix pick I bought, and Keith is nowhere in the scene, and he's he's on the gig. He's just he's not mic'd really well. And that show, you just those little places, and you listen to Keith. He's like the hero of, of the box set, and the, the best supporting actor in a way because he's, he doesn't overplay. I mean, later on, he didn't play at all. And that was a problem. You know? <laughs> like like later on, man, and especially that cold, clanky, fake piano they made him play. That wasn't his choice. That was the brain trust. It said, man, let's get contemporary. Let's get rid of that piano. Like. All that electricity with Keith's piano underneath was this perfect amalgamation of two things, right? Just like the depth and the infinite listenability of it. The next show was June 10th, 1973, and that show was individually released out of the box set. You can get it on CD, you can get it on vinyl. Also, the 61073 is available as a digital download at dead.net. Ray Robertson still says that a lot of love should still go to 6973. I called that one the other one, 6973, because everyone talks about 61073. And to me, there's just so much good stuff there too. But again, they're the uh, they're the opening act for the Almonds. The following night, the Almond Brothers opened up for the Grateful Dead. And then 61073 just seemed like some of the first set jams in that uh, on 61073 were like, would be the peak of other shows second set. And then there was something special. I mean, you open up the show with Morning Dew. You, you got to imagine a, 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 state, a stadium full of people who have just listened to two and a half hours of Boogie. And then you open up with Morning Dew. I mean, that's that's intentional. That's not... <laughs> that's like we're a different animal than what you've heard. Not that they didn't respect him and love, and I'm a huge Dwayne Allman fan. Dwayne was dead by then, but... But it really does, that That to me is the, you know, the ultimate punk moment. It's like, we're going to play a 12 minute dirge about the apocalypse after you're on your feet and want a boogie, you know? We're going to do this, I want to do it the dead way. And if you don't like it, you know, that's fine, cool. You know, that's fine, but this is what we're going to do. That's a statement, right? That's art. <laughs> that's just, that's not, they were entertained and the audience is entertained, but the first thing that an artist does is entertain themselves and say, and that's what I loved about the dead. It's like, hey, this is great, man. Come on out, check this out. This is what we're into now. That's beautiful. That's that's. I love that kind of. It's not symbiosis, but like the audience and the artist are one, as opposed to entertain me for three hours at the stadium and I'll get a T-shirt. You know, the Grateful Dead are a little bit of everything to everyone in 1973. They are putting up textures and tones of rock, jazz, country with set morphing vibes and long stretches of improvisations that are completely keyed into the sum of their parts. The spring of 1973 feels transformative for the dead, no more so than the May and early June shows. Complimentary, yet remarkably different. 73 kind of thinks there's still that, I wouldn't call it innocence, but there's still that, they're still arriving and it's still fun and it's still wonderful. Obviously it ran out of fun because they wouldn't stop touring in 74, hence the financial problems and too many drugs and people bickering at each other, et It kind of underlies the Here Comes Sunshine box set. What happens when it becomes a job? I mean, their most lucrative, commercially lucrative years were, to me, the less aesthetically satisfying. But how do you react to it? Well, Jerry's first reaction was, well, I'll become a junkie. You know, I will not, I won't try. You've seen those videos. Maybe you saw them. I mean, he just stands there in his tracksuit, looks at his feet, 
Kurtzman talks about occasionally, you know, he, he could look and he said, you know what it's like to see someone that you love fall asleep in front of 65,000 people. And this is a sick drug. And not saying there weren't other probably factors, but that's an interesting thing. I mean, in 73, it's so pure. It's like we can exist within mainstream America and still be ourselves. We can have a career, but we don't have to become the Doobie Brothers. We can be, God bless the Doobie Brothers. I'm just saying, like, you know, it's not, we're, we're, we're still going to try to have fun, you know? And 73 also, the jamming is, is not on the mellow side, but it's less scronky and less intense. I mean, there's, there's more blow. There's more stuff going on in 74. There's more pressure. I mean, they're touring like hell and they're coming home with no money. <laughs> the sound is great. The shows are great. And they come home and everybody hates each other because nobody's sleeping. We don't have any money. It's like, of course, the playing would get a little a little intense. You know, 73, it's it's pretty pathetic, man. There's some, I mean, to, for a jam guy, 73 is a dream. You know, you look at, look at some of the shows and the Here Comes Sunshine Box set, some of those second sets. And that's the other thing. I guess it's, it's, it's kind of like... Um, I don't do this, but people stream music and stuff, right? So you think, oh, okay, well, that music's been playing for an hour. No, no, these are individuals. These are human beings who have been playing for an hour. You know, it's like, oh, punk. Oh, I hate the dead. They're lazy hippies. Yeah, you play your 35-minute set, you know? These are an hour straight, and then they go into El Paso or whatever, right? This isn't This isn't streaming. These are five individuals, you know, who have sore feet and have to go to the bathroom and, and on stage and connecting to the cosmos. To me, that's heroic you know and it's so wonderful that we have all this music still you can catch more of ray robertson's writing on dave's picks volume 45 you get two grateful dead shows that were caught in october of 77 in portland october 1st and 2nd so i love that show both those shows but especially the second one because I love that crunchy stuff in the second set. I mean, I love all those tunes that we wouldn't have unless there was 70. So that's why you can't be, I'm only 73 guy. Cause I mean, I don't want to live in a world with a Terrapin station or estimated profit or oh my God, Scarlet Fire. I mean, some of my, you know, some of those segues in the Scarlet Fire. I mean, there's a Scarlet Fire on there. Always, always gets the goosebumps going. So, I mean, to me, it, Deadheads are really lucky. There's all sorts of different kinds of music in every dead show, but also every period has its emphasis like like you're talking about the Americana thing I mean they were really into playing songs and why wouldn't they be Hunter keeps writing and Jerry keeps writing them and and Weir and Barlow keep writing them it's like so so that's where we're at right now and then we'll go into this and then we'll go into this and then we'll go jamming you know I love that even if I don't agree with it you know like when we're when they come back in 77 or 76 and Weir said oh we become musically inbred no one understood it yeah that's the stuff I like man that's the stuff I like well we don't want to do it anymore Robertson wrote about 50 of the Grateful Dead's most important and memorable concerts in order to better understand who the Grateful Dead were, what they became, and what they meant, and what they continue to mean. All the Years Combined comes out in November. Obviously, the title of the book is from Stella Blue in the sense, you know, it's, it's all the dream. It is. So what are we going to do with this dream? And that's what we have now with the Dead because of this unique decision that Owsley had so many years ago to tape all the shows. Not that every show is in the vault. But you can, this is kind of what the introduction I, in, the, in the, all the years combined is like, you can actually listen to these shows and hear them change from a, a blues cover band, you know, a stonesy kind of blues cover band with the, you know, big pin on the organ, that Fairseal organ, the whole deal, and into this, into this, into this jazzy thing, into this, into a harder, harder band, 77, which, and each period has its own appeal and its own downside. And it's not like, um, it's not like, hey man, I'll make you a, a CD of all these great songs. It's like, no, sit down. 
listen to the show. There's points that are boring. There's parts that are insipid. There's parts that don't work. There's parts that do. We're forgets the words to truck in half the time. How adorable, how endearing is that? Right? Weir learns how to play slide guitar on stage. <laughs> Because Keith's not bringing any of the Keith's just going chug, chug, chug. So I love it. I love it. But like who, what other fans would say, yeah, man, if you want to learn how to play an instrument on stage, that's cool. 